And happy Friday to you, Limeland. Welcome inside the nope. basement, Doctor. It's Thursday. I'm sorry. It's my Friday. It's my Friday. Leave me alone. Let me have my Friday. I don't work tomorrow. None of you work tomorrow. Let's call it a Friday. We'll come up with another name for the day that it is tomorrow. That's fine. Why don't we just do that? Why don't we just do that? Yeah, let's just make today good Friday, and tomorrow can be really good Friday, and we'll go forward. Or this is this is solid Friday. Tomorrow's good Friday. What, what can we what can Today's we come up with? Enjoyable Friday. Today is de facto no. Friday. Can we just create a calendar designation de for Friday. de facto Friday? Yeah, today's birthday Friday for you. That oh, is. we didn't yeah. need to go there. Yes, we, we did. We didn't need to go there. Well, Cookie's 50 years <laughs> old. Your birthday. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's twangy Brady Bunch music. <laughs> 50 years old, I'm, spo- I'm supposed to. Yes, I know. 50. I know. That is one, two, three, four. No, I'm not going to. That's mean. That's mean. I, I first question I got this morning walked into the office. How does the half century mark feel? This is from a lady who's going to experience it herself in about three weeks. Want to know how it feels? I, I have never been bothered by age. Now I'm going to be dead honest when I tell you this. Within minimal five to eight days of turning thirty, like I noticeably started losing hair and realized I had gained weight and then bought a minivan. So I don't know that there's nothing. And then when I turned forty. I was living in my parents' basement going through a divorce. So I was convinced 50 had to either be win the lottery or I'd die. I'd done, done neither of those. So it's, it's not a, it's not a tr- we're not a changing necessarily the trend of things, but we're not certainly adding to the trend of negativity on the 10s. Um, we're laughing with you, not at yeah, you. Yeah, me too. I'm telling the story. I mean, I'm 50, man. I'm 50. It's, I can get on board with negativity at the 10s, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can get on board with that. That's... I don't remember 20, so I can't tell you. 30, I, like I said, I remember starting to look in the mirror and brush the hair one way and then the other way and thinking, what the what yeah. all happened here? 30 was hard for me. And, and then I bought, <clears throat> but it wasn't for me until I bought the minivan. And then 40 was 40. Like I, I celebrated my 40th birthday, I, I kid you not, Like on the phone with my cousin taking a happy birthday wish on my birthday as I was putting on a suit and tie in my parents' home to go work the High Point prom. Whoa. And I thought, there's no way this can get worse. There's not a chance that <laughs> oh, this can yeah. get worse. And, <laughs> and, and now here, I'm and celebrating here you <laughs> with you two guys. Surrounded with so us. <laughs> here I am on the 50. No, I much appreciated the birthday wishes. It, it, it is what it is. I got a twin brother who's down in Florida at the Rays game as we speak, rubbing in my face yet again what it is to be 50 living where he lives and living where I live and having the freedoms at that but but yeah, hey, but he's inside too. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's inside just like you are. I would rather I'd rather be here than inside the trop. Yeah, I. But that, that's it's probably it's probably yeah, probably not a reason argument that couldn't be made. But your worst day at a ballpark is better than most other days. But that's I'll true. take today. True, I'll take it. It's it, it is the fiftieth birthday, and it's it's the end of a r- ridiculously odd week for us because we've had a I would say inconsistent schedule to getting on the air since yeah. the start of the NCAA tournament. And now baseball going to do what baseball does. And, you know, it is a Thursday that feels like a Friday. We don't have a Friday show. We don't. So we might as well treat this one like a Friday show. Any yeah. any objection there? No. Nope. If you're just nope. joining us, the show's already in progress. This is Cooking the Monster on Lime Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. I'm John Cook. My partner's Garrett C. Wright and Danny Holbrook in studio with us again today. So it should be a good time. But we like to do on Fridays, which we're going to call today De Facto Friday, in case we missed it. Guys, there's been some sports news that because we haven't been on the air much and there's been a whole lot of other stuff going on, we haven't really chatted about it all this no. week. So I feel like maybe we should. I'm going to start this off. I've got three items on my list. I've got a fourth one that I might add, but we may run out of time. We'll go a little quick here. First one we did, we've never talked about is Ohio Northern University hired another men's basketball coach. 
They did. And we waited a long time for that to happen, and we were ready to talk about it, but it, it, it did happen. Neil Young is the new head basketball coach at Ohio Northern University coming from Covenant College in Georgia. And But the guy that Covenant College hired was a former assistant from UNOH. So we're keeping the. See, Ohio. I hadn't even looked to see yeah. who who covered. They, they made their hire already. They did. Huh? They, I, he was didn't uh, take a month. He was one of Neil Young's assistants at Covenant College. Oh, okay. I, I caught the shot. I caught the shot there. <laughs> uh, but he was uh, he worked under Caleb Williams at UNOH for I, a hot sec. I just I loved Heart of Gold when he sang that Neil Young. He was so <laughs> good. Yeah. Well, and, look, an old man, take a look at me now. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, and to get him at Ohio North. <laughs> Well, I think we're pretty fortunate. I think we're pretty fortunate. I, as a Polar Bear alum, obviously, I had a vested interest in, in what was going to happen with the job. Uh, I don't know Coach Young. have not met him. I would like to think that that's going to change at some point in the in the fairly near future just because I, I do have a, an interest in how things go with the program. A young guy, I think he is 36 or 37 years old, and he's been a head coach at the college level for nine years already. So And he's, and he's got a winning record at both Goshen College after a five-year stint, four-year stint. And yeah, and then five, five years at Covenant College. I'm just going to say this because I, I don't know it intimately, but I feel confident and comfortable in saying that Goshen College and Covenant College are not places that a lot of men can say they spent four or five years and have a winning record. So to have accomplished that means that I think the guy's got some pretty demonstrated chops, and to do it young, pardon the pun, but at his age I, I think speaks volumes about what he's capable of as a coach. Obviously, the, the basketball program at Ohio Northern needs a shot in the arm tremendously and needs a, a positive momentum in a way uh, that, that has been lacking for quite some time. And it is one of those situations where they've got a ton of experienced players returning and the possibility with the COVID situation of having some of those guys for up to two years. Um, they, they, the, the returning players that are going to be seniors all have played a lot of basketball. They, they started three or four of those guys in different spots during their freshman year. So they'll be four-year players with talent, a chance to maybe hit the ground running a little bit. But congratulations to Neil Young. Congratulations to Ohio Northern University on hiring a new head coach. And I'll just – my last comment will be this. I, you know, we've lived through – I mean, I went to school and worked for Gail Doherty for two years, Coach Campoli for two years – Jeff Coleman took over. Since Coach Coleman stepped down, there's been a bit of a revolving door with the men's basketball program at Ohio Northern University. I mean, when you consider that Yale Doherty and Joe Campoli and Jeff Coleman covered about 40 years, 35 years of time between the three of them, there's been a lot of change in the last 13 to 14 years. I feel <coughs> terrific about the hire from this perspective. This is the first time that I can say I feel confident that they had a committee built of people with one, terrific basketball backgrounds and basketball knowledge. Two, absolute understanding of what it means to and takes to be successful in the basketball world at Ohio Northern University and, and a deep commitment to the university with years and years and years of commitment from the committee members. Um, I think that's all a good sign. You know, there were other candidates. There, 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 there was a, an alum involved in the process that I think many of us ha were hopeful would get the job that didn't happen. But it's nice to be able to say when you look at the work that was done and you know who the, the committee members were that did the work that you feel like if this is the decision that was arrived at by the committee, you've got to try to trust that right now and hopefully give Ohio Northern a chance to get something going positive in the direction for that basketball program. Yeah, I'll just say this, that – and again, Garrett's going to look at me like old man on the porch again, but uh, that's okay. No, uh, that's just my eye. That's <laughs> <laughs> just my eyes. You just, just see my eyes. <laughs> that's just the I old eye. I can't talk. I can't talk. Oh, no, when, when I was a kid growing up and, and Gail Doherty was running the show and, and then you had Campoli and then Coleman and 
and no disrespect to John Rhodes and, and to Rich Benzman, good coaches in their own right. They just did things differently. And the programs, were, they just, in the last 10 years or so, the whole environment seemed kind of loose. And, and I'm one of those guys that I played for a really strict, tough high school coach, uh, been around a lot of coaches that were like that, demanded a lot of their players, and it's just a, just a loose environment. So, And that's that's just different styles of coaching. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, the wins and losses uh, don't measure up sometimes. They haven't recently for <clears throat> sure, and it's a chance at a clean slate and a fresh start. And uh, if nothing else, that always brings optimism. Yeah. Second item on my list, like we've not spoken about it. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins passing, what do you say? I, I think there's a, a, a bit of, of an issue with something that's this fresh, even though we haven't talked about it. It's been it's been nearly a week now, right? right? Yeah, we get, it was Saturday. Yeah, yeah Saturday been, morning. It's been five days, nearly a week. Uh, just absolute tragedy in the life of a very young athlete who I think still deemed as a quote-unquote flop, but 24 years old. Still an opportunity to turn things around. And, and it's going to hit that franchise hard just because it's that franchise. Uh, it's going to hit Ohio State Buckeye Nation hard for sure. Well, I, it, go ahead. Well, it. it's just such a, it's such a sad story. Where, and it's not, it's not the first time where we've seen somebody on the side of the road have this happen to them in the NFL. There was a player right. for the Colts a few years ago yeah. that was helping – Fill up gap, Phillips, another woman who was stranded, got rear-ended, and it, that was it. It, it. It's something that I don't know that you can ever really predict or see. Or, but when I saw it come across my phone, I went, "What? What?" And I, you know, I looked and made sure that there's a blue check mark, check mark next to Adam Schefter's tweet that said, "Yeah, this is this is legit. This is real." And, and it just takes a hot sec to kind of digest all of that. And even five days later, you're still like, "Wait, wait a sec." What? A, yeah. a guy who not three, just over three years ago was on top of the college football world is now gone and it's done. It's over with. And he didn't get a chance to, you know, build an NFL legacy or anything like that. No, and, and, and the, the, the most difficult part of it for a, a football fan is we are so wrapped up in the narrative of he failed as an NFL player and right. then the, the situation in Washington with the violation of the protocols and he comes across as a very entitled selfish and he got portrayed as a very entitled selfish athlete none of us know Dwayne Haskins but I do know this if you're listening to Columbus radio over the last couple of days as they talk more about it all you hear about is the joy he brought to the locker room what a great teammate he was what a wonderful young man he was he wouldn't be the first young guy in the history of sports to get a whole lot of money and maybe and lose not, his right, way a little get bit it right maybe lose his way a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, at 24, in most walks of life, you get the opportunity to rebound from that and, and reshape yourself. In the NFL, it was going to be difficult under the best of circumstances, and now he doesn't get any chance whatsoever. Well, the whole the whole situation was, you know, you, you guys remember the video of him when he was 12 years old walking through the locker room at Ohio State, and yeah. I want to be a Buckeye someday. And, and that, that was, you know, there was a, a time when that wasn't going to work out, and then the kid from Oregon uh, – Decided, or the kid decided to go to Oregon, so they had a scholarship open. So they go to to uh, Dwayne, and they offer him the scholarship, and it was a fairy tale ending. And he did such a great job. And uh, you know, the the quarterback room at Ohio State down there that year was just amazing. His the year he he set the world on fire, and and then he goes to the pros, and and things don't work out. But you know, you can from all reports that we're being told was he continued to work, he continued to try, and he continued to to try to follow that dream and. 
for him to to lose his life at 20 it's just it's such a sad sad thing and pe- people that aren't big into ohio state football don't understand they just and i probably not listening to this show either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I, I i saw michigan fans and michigan media were also hop on and said you know this is so incredibly yes. sad yeah and when those two sides can agree on the same thing <laughs> yeah that's uh it, it well, you just—I mean, you, you're talking about probably generally what it takes to get the two sides to agree on something is a tragedy yeah. like that, and it's unfortunate. A lot of other things we could touch on, but I want to save—we got one segment open later in the show. We're going to talk a little high state spring football. Thought about bringing that up now, but we'll wait. Oh. We got to take a Don Jiggins jeweler. We, we, we've got to acknowledge that Scotty Scheffler won the Masters, like I said he would. Oh, well, yeah, Ooh. I picked the number one player in the world to win a tournament <laughs> after he had already played two rounds. Yeah, call. look at that. That's a big Monday's headline yes, right there. That's my partner. That's you got to celebrate does. the wins. He delivers. I had a couple wins in the Monday's headlines, too, but we'll wait on those, two. So we got to do Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout because we got Vonsjewelry.com Twitter poll questions to get to and a whole lot more. We're going to talk about no hitters and perfect games and taking guys out of games. We're going to have a little football 515. More Baker Mayfield conversation. Yay. And NBA <laughs> playing good or bad. I think I already told many of you how I feel, but we'll revisit that topic. So much more after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. You know, my grandpa used to have an expression that one boy's a boy, two boys is half a boy, and three boys ain't no boy at all. When I can't keep us on, I can't keep this train on the tracks when it's just two of us. With three of us, I got no shot. So we are running behind. But welcome back inside the basement, Doctor Studio, Cookie and the Monster, with you on this Thursday, de facto Friday, is what we're calling it. I'm John Cook. My partner's Garrett Seawright. Danny Holbrook joining us in studio, and we got to get to our VonsJewelry.com poll questions for today. Yes, sir. The first poll question is: One week into the season, how would you grade the Guardians? Forty-eight percent give them a B right now. We're grading the team, not the name now, right? We That's graded the name for the last four We are grading the on-the-field product, and 48% say we're giving them a B. On the flip side, we're asking one week into the season, how would you grade the Reds? 53, 54% say D or F. Yeah, wait till this weekend's over. Well, they got <laughs> In seven LA. on the road, four against the Dodgers, yeah. three against the Padres. We'll be all right. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like you really believe that. We'll be all right. Yeah, because Kershaw just pitched. They can't throw Kershaw this weekend. Right. Well, they, they might. He I mean, only threw. He only threw worst, the worst thing to do with Kershaw is he can go perfect through five and they'll pull him. Right. Uh, our poll questions brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at VonsJewelry.com. We've got two more questions. Did Baker Mayfield help or hurt his reputation by his podcast comments? 67% say hurt. I think if he opens his mouth, he hurts his reputation. See, there was a big section of the podcast where he talked about one of the things that he is very conscious of and worries about and something that bothers him is whether he is getting across what he wants to get across, how he wants it to get across. <laughs> so I I, ima- I imagine that 67% now look at him less favorably was probably not his goal doing the podcast. So it would be em- empirical evidence that he's correct. He yes. has a hard time getting his message across the way he wants to get it across. He talked for probably 10 minutes about how that's a big thing to him that he struggles with mentally and, and that is detrimental to his mental health is I, I, I worry about the way I come across because I don't think I come across the way I want to come across. You got it. Bingo. He's, he's, he's a winner. 67% say, yeah. you didn't get it right, big guy. <laughs> I said yesterday on the air that uh, it's over. Just let it go. It, your time it's, is done. Move on. 
it's easier said than done. I, well, his wife won't stop tweeting well, either, too. So. Our final poll question is, will you watch the OSU spring game this weekend? 53% say no. I'm surprised by that. I'll, I'll record it. Yeah, I, 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 record it re- I record it every year. I don't know that I'll get back and watch much of it, but I'll probably reorder, record it yeah. myself. You watching, Garrett? Uh, I probably won't. I'm in Florida. <laughs> that's right, you oh, are. Oh, that's you right. You, well, we don't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. Joke's on you. I've never liked me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 50, 53% say no, they're not going to watch. Was he weekend. looking at you when he said that? <laughs> no, I was looking at everybody. <laughs> so, wait, 545, right? We're yes. a full show today. Yes, sir, 545. 545. Vote until 545 on those Twitter poll questions. We'll get a reset at the top of hour number two. We'll get you the results at the end of the program. We seriously have to take another break because I can't afford to keep putting us behind. But when we come back, we are going to, again, have the conversation. Should managers remove pitchers who are throwing a no-hitter or a perfect game because of pitch counts and other such restrictions? I had, I had listened to this conversation on two different radio stations this morning. I think there are some very idiotic humans on the planet, and I can't wait to point that out. Ooh. Wait, so not, not because of their stance. I don't, oh, care. Okay. I don't care what stance they take because of how they justified their stance. I just wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to reach through my radio and choke some dudes. But... So I'll see if I can get you to reach through this glass and joke me <laughs> by, by my stance. That's just the beginning of the program. When we come back, you want to join us for that conversation. Obviously, I said before, we've got football 515. Garrett tells me at the top of the hour, number two, we're going to do a reset and we can talk about whatever we want. So maybe you could make that a poll question. What should we talk about at 5 o'clock? I would have to have options. And if I had options, it wouldn't say whatever you want. <laughs> It's a slow, it's a slow time. We'd have, right we'd have now. thrown one in there right yeah. there. We haven't even begun to see slow time know, yet, man. I the know. calendar doesn't start. It's not a three-letter month. <laughs> That's all right. May's great. We can talk NBA playoffs all the time, and everybody will just <laughs> love that. Love that. I do. I'm glad. I, that's, that's like my. That's like extending March for me. Changing the names on the fronts of the jersey. The old innings eater. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it's the, eat some it's, yeah, it's the Rick Mailer show. Yeah, eat oh. some innings. Got to get to the next Dungeon Jiggy's Door time when we come back. We'll talk no hitters, perfect games, pitching, pitch counts, restrictions. You can give us your thoughts after this on Lima Sports Radio 93 on the fan. 419-227-9393-188-94 ESPN. That's 888-894-3776 are the numbers to use if you want to reach the program. However, you are joining us today, whether we're on your radio at 93onthefan.com or on the free 93onthefan app, we appreciate you making time for us. If you're a baseball fan, you know what we're going to talk about. If you're not a baseball fan or for some reason you've just chosen not to pay attention, Garrett, set the scene for exactly what we as baseball fans were forced to experience with Clayton Kershaw this week. Yeah, so yesterday, and it was one of our poll questions in a very shortened show that we didn't really get a chance to talk about on the air before we were given the poll results, but yesterday Clayton Kershaw was perfect through seven innings. He's never thrown a perfect game. I thought he had one. Nope, he's thrown a no-hitter, I think, but not never thrown a perfect game. Well, it's only 23 times right. it's happened, so uh, better chance you're right than I am. Had 80, 80 pitches through seven innings, 13 strikeouts, perfect through seven innings, and he was pulled because... It's April 13th, and he's not stretched out enough. Now, he said all the right things after the game. Said everything that you would want your damn near 40-year-old pitcher who has handled everything pretty much his entire career with grace and class and all of those things that you would expect him to say. But the, the question remains, and the question I think will continue to remain, should he have been pulled yesterday? And I believe I'll have to pull up what the results were. Our voters were overwhelming. No, he should not have been should man- oh should managers leave starting pitchers throwing a perfect game or no hitter in the game was the question yesterday and 72% say yes 
So the question to you guys is, should Clayton Kershaw have been left in yesterday? Well, I'm going to sit this one out for a second. I want to let you guys share your opinions and, and then maybe try to play devil's advocate a little bit, but also kind of disagree with some national voices. Okay, so he had 80 pitches, Garrett? 80 pitches. Okay, so 80 pitches through seven, through innings. seven innings, 11, 12 pitches an inning. So his, he was on pace. It would have taken him 23 that, more pitches. Yes, that's where I'm going. To complete the 23 game. more pitches. Yes, yes, and yes, I would have left him in the game. Absolutely. Only 23 of them in the history of Major League Baseball. Clayton Kershaw is going to go down as one of the greatest all-time left-handers of all time. Of all time. What's tw- I mean I I know I know twenty three pitch, tw- pitch number seventeen could throw his arm out this this and that. Nah, guys, th- 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 it's 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 crazy. Th- this th- guys back in the seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever, throwing one hundred and twenty five pitches. We talk all the time. We there was a jokes. tweet. There was a tweet yesterday. Nolan Ryan threw two hundred thirty five pitches in a game and then started on three days rest. A few days later. Yeah, and listen, for the last three or four years, I've watched Reds pitchers throw a ton of innings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, Garrett, I, I say he should have been left in the game, blah, blah, blah. Garrett, my, my instant hot takery is, yes, absolutely, 100%, you're stupid for, ta- for removing him from the game. There are a ton of things that factor into it, and yet, all of those things to me continue to factor into, yes, you leave him in the game. Yes, you're at 80 pitches through seven innings. Now I've heard justification where you know he said his his slider was no was no good the last two innings and he he should have been pulled. You can get six out with a crappy slider. I've, I've seen lots of dudes do it. You can get six outs with a crappy slider. He's as Danny said going to go down as one of the greatest pitchers, greatest left-handers in the history of the game. When is he going to have another opportunity to do all this? You don't know. The other stat I heard was he's the only. There are have only been two pitchers who have completed more than six perfect innings and have been pulled, and both of them were pulled by Dave Roberts. Can I stop you right there? Sure. That to me is the most sane part of the entire scenario. Is that both of them were? It's Dave Roberts. And it is a philosophical decision. It is much like the decision of foul up three or don't foul up three. Coaches who don't foul with a three-point lead and under eight seconds to go on a clock or under 10 seconds to go on a clock who do, and let teams get off a three make me want to vomit. They often end up winning the game anyway, but I think you should foul. That's my philosophy. I would foul. And if it bit me in the ass, I would own it. The guy who doesn't foul does the same thing, but he does it based on a philosophy. And I will say this for Dave Roberts. He is a very numbers-driven guy. He has a very clear vision of what he wants from his franchise. And so, as a baseball fan, not a Dodgers fan, as a baseball fan, I totally agree with everything each of you have said. I want to see history. I want to see special moments. It's what the game's about. I love it. Only 23 of them. I want to see another guy. I want to see somebody get two in my lifetime. Blah, 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 blah. But Dave Roberts is calling the shots, and Dave Roberts is creating the plan that he says is going to get his team to win a World Series. In fact, his statement earlier this year was when he was asked by Greeny, I believe, what are the what needs to happen for you guys to win the World Series this year? His statement was, we need to have a full season and play the World Series, and we'll win it. I mean, he believes in his team, but he also believes in how he's operating the franchise. I heard Jay Williams this morning go crazy on his co-hosts 
about how baseball is about special moments, and if you want to create fans, you got to create special moments, and you got to pull people in by the things that you happen, and you're doing this by talking about, we want to win a championship. And I wanted to reach through the radio and smack Jay Williams. You are actually making fun of someone for saying this is about winning championships when all we do is lambaste everybody who isn't about anything except winning championships, Fair. and you're saying it's a bad decision because he's about winning a championship. I wish he would have left him in. I'm selfish. It's about me and the fan experience. Well, but whether or not he should have comes down to what is your philosophy and what are you doing it for? I heard them say, what'd they say, 5 and 75? Wasn't that going in? They, they, they wanted 5 innings or 75 pitches. Yes. So they let him get to 7. They let him go over the, the 75 pitch mark. Do I think it would have been more fun had he stayed? Yes. But outside of being one of the most dominant left-hand pitchers in the history of baseball, what, what's the next thing you would say about Clayton Kershaw if you told somebody who'd never heard of the guy? He's a good guy. What's the next thing you'd say? I, I, it wouldn't take me two sentences to say he gets hurt all the damn time. Well, he he's hurt so all the time. I, I, was, I wasn't going to use this as part of my justification, but I do think, what are the chances that Clayton Kershaw is going to miss six weeks because his back gets tied anyway? Let him, let him pitch two more innings. Okay, like, okay, what are the chances that he's going to pitch every five days through September? Well, let me ask you this. Not high, if, so you might as well let him do it. If Dave Roberts was coaching the uh, Cincinnati Reds or the Kansas City Royals and the Minnesota Twins, he's staying in the ballgame. Because there ain't no end yeah. line. There ain't, there ain't no celebration at the end of the year. He knows that. He knows that. So what's the difference? Because, well, I, I think that is the difference. Oh, no, no, no. Here's, here's the thing. You, you and I and Garrett all know at the trade deadline, they're going to make a move for another starter anyways. Well, I, can the Dodgers win the World Series without yes, playing yes, my, absolutely. My response to that is yeah. Yeah, yeah they can. But here's the other so thing, is too. So it so imperative that he doesn't throw 103 pitches on April 13th? Well, here's the no other problem. thing, too. I, I, I think you leave him in until the second he gives up a base hit or, th- or a walk or if they commit an error, sorry, buddy, you're done. But do we know I, Do we know for a fact, both of you, do we know for a fact that Clayton Kershaw, when he come up to him and said, I'm taking you out, Clayton didn't go, okay, Skip, I'm good with that. Because if well, that's the case, he says he did. His post game reaction would yeah. give you the indication that he did. Th- if that's the case, but, there's no argument. But he's also that grizzled veteran that's he not going to say, "Right, yeah, I really wanted to stay in there You're and, 100%. And, and stoke that fire that much more." It's the yeah. same, you know, uh, like 96 percent of Russians don't probably wouldn't vote for Vladimir Putin, but <laughs> yeah. believe it or not, that's what the vote totals tally out to. He's not dumb. He's going to say, "Hey, right, I, I, Skip made the right decision. Yeah, I, I didn't even have it anymore." Even if you don't have it anymore. No. Trot him out no, no, there. no. He's one of the most dominant pitchers of all time. He's never going to say, I didn't have it anymore. Trot him out it, there. It would be nice if we had like a you know, well-paid research staff around here to gather the information on, on or give me examples of guys, because I know they are out there, who, who did overextend a little bit to go get that deal done, even finish a no-hitter, much less a perfect game, and have, and have a on. three or four or five-week stretch where they can't find it again. Well, just the other day, Johnny Vandermeer went back to back. Just the other day. Yeah. That's the last Reds time it happened. Red fans will remember. Yeah. Red fans will remember. Sure you will. If you don't, ask your great-great-grandfather because he probably saw it happen. That's right. I, we, we, we joke on here about the word should, whether, whether, whether that's something that ought to be used in conversation. Is there a should? It's either you can or you can't. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the decision because it reflects a high level of consistency in the guy that's making the decision. And it also reflects what I think we're all going to be dealing with this year more than any other. Because of the screwed up nature of spring training, I think every team is going into at least the month of er- the early in the month of May saying, none of our starters are going very long. We're going to keep everybody on a 75 to 80 pitch deal and we're going to extend them slowly over their first two or three or four starts. 
And it just so happens that we had an opportunity for a history-making event in the first week of the season when you don't typically expect that. I also, though, heard the argument today that I thought was interesting. There's a hell of a difference between a no-hitter and a perfect game. Yeah. We're going to have two or three no-hitters every year on any given year. And last year, I think we had eight. (laughs) Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight. Two of them are combined, but still. And, And so... We've had 23 of these perfect game deals in the history of 314 no-hitters, 23 perfect games. Yeah, so that that's that might... And that was going to lead into... I, I was going to mention that, that you, you know, one, you, you bring up that due to the shortened spring training, guys aren't going to be stretched out until May. Guys don't throw complete games anymore. There aren't a whole lot of complete games every year, which is going to make throwing a perfect game that much rarer. Which is why you let the guy go chase after it. <laughs> that, that to me, is, there's not going to be. Does, in, in in your opinion, if and I maybe this is well, hell, it's talk radio. If if we were watching this, what happened on April 13th happen on May 13th, certainly June 13th, he gets the chance to finish. And June 13th, he gets yeah. the chance, right? Yeah. I Even would, with I Dave Roberts so. as a manager. Yes, I would. On June 13th, he gets the chance because now we've reached the middle of the summer and we're getting into that time where you, you have more conditioning build up. Right. So, again, it goes back to me to I don't have to like the decision. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing because the decision has a foundational reason that it was made, and it's based on a whole lot of information that they think is incredibly important. Okay, every time an athlete goes out, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever, we always talk about they're competing against themselves. They're trying to get better. They're going after – golfers are going after hole-in-one. Basketball players, I want to shoot 100%. Football players, I want to have 15, 20, whatever. He had a chance for immortality. We're not. T- and Garrett's just so right when he says there's only been 23 of them in the history well, of baseball. Technically 24. Armando got right. Oh, he did. Screwed, oh. Screwed, screwed <laughs> that's out the, of that's the worst I've ever seen. That's, that's the worst I've got, ever seen. He got jobbed out of one. The but, look on his face when the umpire oh, made that call is that, priceless. He makes that smirk of like, yeah. oh, man, you got that but, wrong. But he had a chance for something that <laughs> very – what's the percentage? I mean, it's it's minute, minuscule, Min- minuscule. I didn't think you knew that word. Oh, I'm, I got a, I'm a vocabulary. I got all sorts of words over here that I can't say on a radio. But yeah, I'm going to stay. <laughs> I'm going to stay with he should have kept him in the game, Dave Roberts. And I get the whole foundation. Uh, you've got a belief system. It can be flexible, right? In the moment, do you go? Well, now, I, wait a minute. Do you, do you almost go ask the guy, how important is completing a perfect game to you? And be honest, tell me the truth. How important is getting a perfect game to you? Because Clayton Kershaw knows that do he's you think, doing that. Do you think it's likely they didn't have that conversation at I do. the end of six? I do. Listen, if the Browns are up on somebody 45 to nothing, I know this is this is like a story time. If the Browns are up on someone 45 to nothing, and Nick Chubb has a chance for the next two carries to break the NFL single game rushing record, and it's 45 to nothing, do you, well, Stefanski might, do you think they're going to take him out of the game because he might get hurt? I mean, come on, guys. I don't know. Well, if it's 45 to nothing, he'd been out way before two carries gets him there. Likelihood is, but I think it's a reasonable argument. But but do you begrudge a guy? And the answer to this might simply be yes. But I think it's worth some conversation. Do you begrudge a guy in the position that Dave Roberts is in, in a sport and in a world in which the the number of things that are completely beyond your control 
is is innumerable. Do you begrudge a guy for controlling a controllable in that instance? Do you begrudge a guy for controlling something that he can control and eliminating at least the? I mean, every time your guy walks out on the mound, he could it, it could be a Dave Dravecki deal, and the arm yeah. blows up, and, well, and yeah, they could and, be. But but so so you know that that's possible. But do you begrudge a guy for saying? There's risk inherent in all of this. I'm just going to take a little more control of what I can control. A little bit, because you're at you're trying to control things that are going to happen in October. Okay, so what if it's September? What if it's September 15th, and he's on the mound, and you've already clinched a playoff spot? He's getting you know pulled. He's, if it's Dave yeah, Roberts, I, he's getting pulled. And, and I don't. But, and, and I understand. I, I don't. I don't disrespect Dave Roberts. No, thought no, process. not at all. I just disagree with it. Yes, I, I think individual accomplishments are important to dudes. As they should be, especially when they're as rare as this is. Go ahead and go ahead and do it. I just wanted to vomit when I heard Jay Williams ab- actually using the "we're trying to win a championship" in that tone of voice to mockingly say, "Well, this is this is about a sport trying to draw in." And I thought, because here's what I hate about our business, and I love what we're doing. This is a blast. It's fun. We do it every day, and I enjoy it. But had he left him in there? And on pitch 107 or 112, because it got away from him a little bit, he stood up and held his back, and we all know what the back means for Kershaw. Everybody would have been saying, you had him on a pitch count. Why didn't you stick to it, Dave? Dave, why didn't you follow through with what you said you were going to do, Dave? And they'd be destroying him. I, I wouldn't. I, I would. I would say, hey, I appreciate the the effort of letting. Yeah. The dude I believe go that do it. you would. I, I, I believe, would. I, I genuinely would. I would. If he, if now, if he, you know, snapped his arm in half or something, probably not. But <laughs> if if he, if he goes, if he goes, oh my back, oh my back, and he's gonna miss eight weeks, I would say, you know what. The dude got hurt playing the game. However, I believe the likelihood is that 90% of the voices that are just going absolutely ape crap about this decision would be going ape crap the other way because that's what this business is supposed to do. Get Jay Williams on the phone. (laughs) Get him on the line, Garrett. Well, Dan Patrick later in the day said, you know, you're trying to win a championship. You can't win a championship in April, but you can lose one. As I said earlier, I I think they can win a championship without Clayton Kershaw. Does he help? Absolutely he helps. But... They can win one without Clayton Kershaw, but I'll guarantee you there's not a guy wearing Dodger blue that wants to take a shot at that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I just, I, I think, and I don't, I, I'm not going to go as far to say, you know, they <laughs> owe it to the fans of baseball to create these special moments, yada, yada. I, I don't buy that. Plenty of special moments. I just think yeah. Dave Roberts has, I don't know if it, that he has a responsibility or a duty to Clayton Kershaw to allow him to go chase that, but if Clayton Kershaw truthfully deep down said, man, I really wanted to complete that bad boy. I think you go let them do it. Did they win the game? I didn't even see. They did. Yeah. I mean, they they, ga- they gave up. Uh, whoever the reliever was gave up a base hit. And it, it, Not bad. He got pulled. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, they they won. It wasn't close. Um, I hate the Dodgers. But let's get used to saying <laughs> he was, that he was efficient, man. He was he was efficient. He was rocking and rolling. Well, when you when you've got. 13 Ks and you've only thrown 80 right. pitches. That's right. a pretty remarkable accomplishment. Well, I guarantee you Clayton was sitting back thinking, man, if I'd have waited a couple of days and I had the Reds in town, my pitch count would have been like 43 in the eighth inning. <laughs> but man, seriously, 13 Ks, I mean, I'm no mathematician. That's 39 pitches minimum. Yep. Yeah. And you still are under 80 through seven? Not bad at all. we got to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. We're going to step aside, come back, and briefly talk about if you're a, a, a Cleveland sports fan, you had to play in tonight? <laughs> were, you, were you watching baseball tonight? Oh, man. And we're going to chat about the playing game. I want to get the Cavs and the Hawks after this. I'm John Cook. Partners Garrett Seawright. Danny Holbrook in studio for Cooking the Monster. Lima Sports Radio 93 on the fan. 
Back inside the Basement Doctor Studio, final segment here in hour number one. And tomorrow's a big day in Cleveland sports. Guardians will be at home, but the Cavaliers, courtesy of their late season struggles, managed to remain in the play-in. When the start of the season hit here, everybody thought if we could get to the play-in, and we spent most of February and March saying, is there any way we stay out of the play-in if you're a Cavs fan? Didn't happen. Couldn't beat the Nets. Terrific effort, but couldn't beat the Nets. But because of the fact that they were sitting in that number eight spot, they do get to have a home game. That'll be tomorrow night. They will take on the Atlanta Hawks for a chance to advance and become the eight seed and play the Miami Heat in the... I guess the in the re- playoffs. The, the real the playoffs. playoffs. When, the pl- when the playoffs actually begin. I guess we have to now in the NBA talk about playing in the postseason or playing in the playoffs. The Cavs, I believe, are a postseason team, but not yet a playoff team. They've got the Hawks coming up. And I don't know. I think the what you look at on paper is not very encouraging. Right? I mean, it's easy <laughs> no. to say it's not very encouraging. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers this year played the Atlanta Hawks four times. They went one and three. In those four, they lost the final three. Their final three losses to the Hawks, one was in December, one was in February, one was in March. They lost by scores of 121-118, 124-116, and 131-107. When you've got to get to 125 to beat somebody, it makes life really, really hard. And the biggest issue that the Cavaliers dealt with throughout the series, really, was what do we do with Trey Young? He averaged 32 and a half points a game in the four games against the Cavaliers, and his low was 24 in the lone Cavs win. By the way, the Cavs were led in scoring that night by Ricky Rubio, who was a fairly big missing piece to things in the other three matchups. So what's it take for the Cavs to get into the playoffs? Well, I, I said the other night that their uh, their post defense is awful. It's just terrible, and and you know that post, the post defense, defense is in street clothes. Yeah, well, yeah, no, no, but but here's the thing too: their post defense also starts with perimeter defense out top, and when your perimeter defense isn't very good, and you have Trey Young with the ball, <laughs> I just, I just don't see any way that they're they're beating the Hawks. I just don't. I'm I'm trying to be positive, it, I, and I I think the Hawks. Oddly, will be favored regardless of how close this is. I mean, the, the, there was a game difference in them for the season. The Cavs won 44, the Hawks won 43. Uh, against the Western Conference, they were both 17 and 13. Against the East, the Cavs were 27 and 25. The Hawks were 26 and 26. I mean, it doesn't get much more even than that. The, the scoring numbers are the issue. Atlanta averages 113.9. Hawks or Cavs average uh, 107.8, I think, against Atlanta. That's a sizable difference in a fairly small sample size. The Cavaliers haven't been as good defensively without Jared Allen. They haven't been as good defensively without Is some of the playing? guys that they lost. Nah, he doesn't look like he's going to, but I guess we'll hope we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope. But it's very, very, very unlikely. All I know is if I get to watch Darius Garland and Trey Young try to decide who advances, I think there's a good chance it's going to be a lot of fun. The Cavs have had a great year. The upside of not winning tomorrow is this Cavaliers team gets a lottery pick. They don't win tomorrow, they get a lottery pick. They win tomorrow, they're in the playoffs. They've had a great season for what was expected. They are ahead of schedule. They are a fantastic young team. I'm hoping they win, but if they don't, i got a lot lot to look forward to to with a chance to get a lottery pick yet this spring. John Cook, Garrett Seawright, along with Danny Holbrook. We'll be back after another Don Jiggs Door timeout on Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. Hour number two, straight ahead here on Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. I'm John Cook. My partner's Garrett C. Right, We're Cookie and the Monster, and today we're joined in studio by Danny Holbrook. We appreciate you for making time for us. Top of hour number two means at least one thing. we got to get to our 
VonsJewelry.com Twitter poll question reset. Yes, sir. They're brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at VonsJewelry.com. The first poll question, one week into the season, how would you grade the Guardians? And right now, 51% say they'd give them a B, but 22% say a C. What's their record? They are 4-2. and two. Wow, Why is that not an A? I, they've their offense has been spectacular. They have uh, that was the like, hey, they're going to pitch and play defense, and they're going to score four runs a night, and they've scored like nine runs a night. Understand that grades need to be a standard, not a comparison. But I'm a Reds fan. How do I give anybody that's four and two an A? Yeah. And if they get an A, then my my F might be a D because I lost to them twice. Oh, and that that the the other side is our our fans are giving the Reds fifty one percent say a D or an F. And 35% say a C. So 80, 35%? 80, 80% say they are a C or worse. And the Reds' record is? They're 2-4. and four. Right. We're also asking on our VonsJewelry.com poll questions, did Baker Mayfield help or hurt his reputation by his podcast comments yesterday? And, and one of the, I guess, the most controversial comment was he said he would like to go to somebody's cubicle and boo the bleep out of them and see how they like it. <laughs> Oh, um, Tony Grossi, I would boo him. Which, which, you know, like, if you were to just turn the corner and there I was sitting in my cubicle, and you're like, "You suck!" I would. Is that you, Mom? I don't, like, <laughs> yeah, like I, the idea that that would affect. I, I don't Your know. Mom's hard. <laughs> yeah, like it's. I uh, give Baker an A. Sixty-six <laughs> percent say Baker Mayfield hurt his reputation yesterday <laughs> every professional athlete that's ever said i don't i want to go to your job and i get booed at my job right. it isn't booed but whatever those swear words are they're thrown at you i get those thrown at me by kids three four times a month right and they're not even yeah. drunk it's no more than you time. get in the nfl because you only play three or four times a month <laughs> I, I don't know how he hurt his uh, reputation he's a fourth string quarterback he has no team he won't shut up I, i'm a baker mayfield fan i've said it from day one but good grief come on dude just go. I think Just the, go the easiest thing to do is to add a third. Uh, what were your options? Or yes yeah, or no, was, right? It, it was helped, hurt, or neither. Yeah, well, and 22% say neither. He didn't oh, help yeah. or hurt. He should. All he did was solidify. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's fair. Where <laughs> yeah. whatever, I, I don't know that anybody's opinion was changed on him after, nope. no, after what agree. he said. No, Our final agree. poll question, will you watch the Ohio State spring game this weekend? 55% say no, they will not. I'm a little disappointed in that. I'm surprised that it's that high. I am too. Like I understand there's probably 40% of people who are like, nah, I don't, I don't care. But I do understand there's supposed to be a new format this year. Yeah, there's a new format every year. Offense. Maybe that maybe that turns people off. Maybe well, they don't want to. They said offense versus defense. Isn't that every game? Yeah, that's, I believe that's called football. <laughs> Isn't that every game? <laughs> I believe so. I, I just heard there was going to be a new format. I don't know. I haven't mm. really looked into it that closely. I probably won't get to watch it live, although right. I may try to watch some of it live just because, I don't know, it's either that or if you had to choose football that you're going to watch this weekend, if you had to say, I'm only going to watch football. I'm not watching I'm, the USFL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching the USFL. No. You knew where I was no, going. not doing Spring that. game or USFL? Jim Kelly's playing for Memphis. <laughs> I, Brian I, Sipes, the New Jersey general quarterback. I have a, I have a legitimate, like, watching a car wreck kind of I, – like, I kind of want to see it a little bit. Doesn't The Rock own one of the teams, Dwayne Johnson? No, no, he owns the XFL. Oh, he owns the, he oh, owns yes, the yeah, XFL. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm up on top. No, Fox owns the USFL. And they're like, hey, we need something to put on in the spring, so – 
I, I just, I don't know. I think I would check out the USFL. But, but, well, let, I tell you what, let's let's shift gears because we haven't done this and we don't normally do this, but because the week's been all off kilter and like I called today, Friday, and it's just it started from the beginning of the week, but we never did revisit our Monday's headlines today, which we normally do on a Monday. Last week, we did predict some headlines and you did okay. Um, I got to pull them up here. I, I know I had Scotty Scheffler win of the Masters. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you did. Um, humbly. I thought the Reds would sweep the Braves. You, 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 you said you that? You butchered that one. Yeah. He did. Did not go well there. I said the Cavs would drop their last two regular season games and fall to ninth. Never been so happy to be wrong about something. I said the Reds would split with the Braves and welcome in the Guardians for two. Got that one right. So I'm at 500. And I believe that I said Frank Vogel will be out as Lakers coach by Monday. Pretty sure I got that one spot on, although I'm not sure it actually took until Monday. For that one to be final, depending on who you believe, and then yeah, and then my, well, I mean, when well, I know when Frank found out it was Monday, <laughs> correct. <laughs> but uh, and I and I did say Tiger roars on Sunday but falls just short, and I was not at all right about that one. So I, I went a solid two and two on the weekend. I I think I went one and three. Well, I guess technically, yeah. You know what? Uh, I had Reds complete sweep of reigning champion Braves. Did not go well. Not so much. Cavs secure playoff berth. Path looks bleak. That's that's a, that's solid. They didn't secure a playoff berth. You know, I don't know if they're gonna hang a banner hang banner that says "Play in Tournament 2022." They, they, they secured a postseason postseason berth. berth, and the path looked bleak, and it still does. Yes, it, it does. As of today, it looks bleak. I yes. uh, Tiger falters late. Scheffler wins Masters. Tiger uh, is is Saturday late. Tiger falters. He was late on Saturday. If that dude could putt, by the way, because I'm a full on golf analyst now, <laughs> after after watching the Masters for the first time, if that dude could putt. He would be dangerous, but he can't, he just, so he ain't. He just had a day where his putter kind of yeah. got away from him. Ooh, I mean, he I'm, can drive. He, he, he remember, can remember how well he putted in 97 at his first Masters win? I, I don't. <laughs> that was quite something. I don't. Putts that he made on that day. So You think if he was winning after like 15 holes and Dave Roberts was his caddy, he'd say, <laughs> you're done, you're done. Probably. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Should, should Scotty Scheffler's caddy have pulled him it's after a, Saturday of the Masters? It's, it's why He's we, got a whole long season to play, John. He's got to play until yeah, the FedEx right, Cup in October, November. You, it's should why, he have risked it playing on Sunday? That's you, not fair, yeah, but it's fun. To are you caddying or showing goats at the Damn fair? it, it's my birthday. Stop being mean to me. I'm aged and I'm struggling. Um, that, that, that's why we have individual sports and team sports, fellas. Uh, and then I had Debo dealt, 49ers trade star running receiver. He hasn't been dealt yet, but... We'll see. Also, by the way, I pulled up a list of the top 15 players in this iteration of the USFL, and what does it say that three of them are former Browns? Well, that there's something to hang your hat yeah. on. Yeah. I don't know that you would be able to identify him. Can Baker sign with the USFL? He before? should. Could he go ahead and get that out? I mean, no, he's not going to make 18 I, mil. I was, I was somewhat serious, mostly joking, but when, <laughs> like, when all the stuff went down and uh, Amazon hadn't hired an analyst for Thursday Night Football yet. He should have thrown his like, hat in Baker, the just retire. Yeah. Like if Troy Aikman's worth twenty million bucks to ESPN, you got to be at least like nine, can, nine and a half. Did you see Baker coming into the booth with Troy Aikman? Yeah, you sit on the telephone book, Baker. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we could go on and on. And I've said this; it continues to boggle my mind. This many weeks after the fact that these networks are paying these guys twenty million dollars a year to talk about the games when everybody's going to watch. If you and I did it for a pizza and a twelve pack. People are going to watch the games. It doesn't matter who's talking about them, and the networks are paying people like it's going to make all the difference. Yeah. 
I, I don't like I, I, one of the Gumble brothers. I don't know the one that looks like my grandma, kind of. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> said, said, your family is just weird. <laughs> well, well, she's been dead for a couple of years and still looks about what? as good as Greg Gumble. Um, he was like, you know, nobody's nobody's tuning in to hear these dudes. And while I think that's true, I will watch Monday Night Football and bitch the entire time. There's Booger McFarlane and his jacked up pinky on the sidelines in the Booger Mobile. You got to somewhat take it serious and have some sort of gravitas almost to your broadcast. I, I think there's no question that, but that whether it's that, worth sixty five million right, bucks that a, a broadcast year. can be bad, and you'll know that it's bad. But how many people don't watch Monday Night Football because of the booth? Remember when they tried I, Dennis Miller? I, oh, I do, and, and Tony and, and Tony Kornheiser. Yes, and everybody yeah. still watched. Yeah, and they did, and they will watch. So all I'm saying to the, the networks is, you're a little bit like the baseball owners who can't help themselves and keep handing Albert Pujols ten year contracts when he's 28, and they can't help themselves. Look, you have a, as a network, you have the ability to say, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna make 10 million for the year. And I think that's fair. Between you. I just... <laughs> <laughs> but you probably don't get them. And then you've got Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy. And everybody and, watches anyway. And oh, you I make want, more profit. You go to the Manning cast, man. That's more entertaining. You get to... It's all the same family, hear, buddy. Hear Peyton say, I can't hear... I can't hear bleep. I can't bleep. Okay. This. We got to take another Don Jiggins Jeweler timeout so we can come back for football 515, have a little more Baker Mayfield conversation. Hope you'll join us for that after this on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Got to do a talk show, I guess. Cookie and the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Danny Holbrook alongside in the saddle with us today, riding, I guess, shotgun. I don't know shotgun. how to describe this, riding shotgun. Sidecar. Side, this will be the first car. time in a while we've actually gotten to football 515 at 515 if I just shut up and let the thing happen. It's, five, it's 516 It was 515 five right when we came back. And Service Master Rich's Service welcomes you to football at 515. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why it's Service Master. They don't cut corners. They clean them. One of our poll questions up at 93 on the fan on Twitter that you can vote in until 545 is, did Baker Mayfield help or hurt his reputation by his podcast comments? And more than two-thirds say he hurt his reputation, and I get that we think that he maybe, I, I don't know that he hurt, but maybe solidified, but did he do anything in the eyes of NFL GMs, coaches, owners that would make him any less attractive? I There's no way. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so, because I don't know that he's all that attractive to begin with at the moment. Well, he, the thing is, he doesn't particularly need to be. I mean, it seems to me like everybody in the entire captive world thinks he's going to go one of two places. Yeah. So what does he need to worry about attractiveness for? He's not going to bring in more suitors or chase off the, the, the one or two that are there because he needs a job and they need a quarterback. I think that's fairly simple math. Yeah, none of this is up to him. And, and it's almost like he's trying to convince people, I, I'm a good guy. And nobody said you're not a good guy. I did. <laughs> when he spiked that damn flag in Columbus, I, I just decided I was he wasn't a good was, guy. Was, was he grabbed there. his junk at the Kansas football fans, too. I thought those poor people don't need that. It's Kansas football. It's Leave well. football. Hey, they beat Texas <laughs> that, once every other year. But like Jay Will said, you got to bring entertainment to Kansas football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. No, you're, you're, he, you know, he's had that 
chip on his shoulder kind of mentality his whole career and and now that he didn't get his way in Cleveland now he's you know everything is a big ordeal just shut up and wait for it to happen you're going to play football Baker you're not going to play as much as you want to play but you're going to play football he can start in Seattle right Uh, listen listen yeah Uh, well Eason's out there. Eason's got a bigger arm than Baker. Yeah, but if, but if you went into if he if today all of a sudden it's announced he has been signed by Seattle, he's one on the depth chart. He's well, not. Oh yeah, yeah. They're not going to sign him to be a backup. It'll be an open competition. <laughs> open competition between he and Drew Locke. Yeah, I, I I think so. But I think he's, I think he brings things to the table that that you would rather plan on counting on. I I, I do believe last year was a. a result of of his injuries and I know that he's better than he showed I believe that from the bottom of my feet I I don't know what I know about Locke I don't have any idea what I know I just I know Baker Mayfield has enough of a tracker to say he can be an established reliable you can win with Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback you don't have to win despite him you can win with him but are you going to win because of him well that's just it they don't is he going to be the reason that you Win a game. They don't, they don't have the running game. I don't, the defense. I, don't I don't know that there's a quarterback. I mean, Russell Wilson was, but it, if if Pete Carroll's calling the shots and running the show, he doesn't want to win because of a quarterback. He just wants to win with one. Agreed. I I, th- I just think they're going to have to hold out for him to get cut, and I I think that's a long time to kind of wait around and go. Do you think there's any chance Baker Mayfield did what he did on that podcast and will continue to do things like that in an, in hopes that he can move along the process of getting cut? I don't th- I don't think so. I, I I don't find him and maybe I'm wrong and maybe this I don't I don't find him to be this sinister psychopath who's, you know, playing the game well behind the scenes. I, I and I don't know that there's anything he can do to accelerate the process. I think it's just he's sort of at the will of the Browns or really the will of the Seahawks or Carolina Panthers to, well, to be the one to go get him. So even if he's playing the game poorly behind the scenes, which he probably is, it, it, I, is there absolutely no merit to the notion that he's just going to say, hey, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? If I squeak long enough, loud enough, often enough, somebody over there is going to get tired of hearing me and just cut me loose? Uh, I, I, I think he's hoping to get cut loose because then he can choose. I mean, I, if you got to choose between Pittsburgh and Seattle, you're because I've said it before and we've talked off air. I, I think the Steelers are going to pick him up if they release him. I really do. I really I, do. I don't think they will. I, don't I did it. at one time, but now that they have Trubisky, I don't think they're going to. I, you, you I, I don't Trubisky over. I don't know Mayfield? that I would. I just don't know that if, if I'm the Steelers, I don't know that I want to bring the mess that Baker Mayfield potentially creates in there and and. What happens if he's not very good, and then you got Trubisky anyway? Yeah, I I think it doesn't matter how much he squeaks before the before two weeks from tonight in the NFL draft. I don't think it matters. Like, you can squeak all you want, but we're not going to probably deal you. Like that might be the unofficial deadline of hey, if we don't have something in place by draft night, we're going to just have to go ahead and eat this. So it doesn't matter how much he how much that squeaky wheel squeaks. Are, are either of you surprised in any way that there's not more buzz? coming out of the league from guys like Schefter and, and that, that would be reporting there is interest from Team X, Team Y, or Team Z. A trade possibility could be this type of offer, or, or is it just generally assumed that nobody's going to trade for the guy because they think he's going to – that they know if, they, if they're patient at all, the Browns got to cut bait. I would imagine that there is interest in him, but there's not there, – there's a market for him, but there's not a trade market for him. 
that if he were to be released, there would be a market for him. But nobody's going to try to. Nobody's going to pony up draft picks see, to I, get him. I, I see. I think you guys are giving the GMs in that league too much credit. I, I've watched GMs over the last twenty years. Jamarcus Russell went one. I get that. Good. I mean, some of the draft yeah. picks that they've made, some of the picks, and we've all sat back and went, "You're kidding me." So I think you guys are giving these GMs well, way draft too picks much credit. Are, draft picks are different than personnel decisions after you've seen a four or five year or three or four year run of a quarterback. Well, you only got two good years though. Honestly, I'm just saying, play, now yeah. that they have whatever they have, I think it's less likely that you'll see somebody make a dumb decision on Baker Mayfield because they're not drafting him. Well, but, if, but, if all of this had happened before Matt Ryan got traded, before Derek Carr got locked up, before Russell Wilson got traded, there's a sizable market for him where right. you've got a bunch of teams that go, holy crap, we're going to get left out if we're not on this car- if we sure. don't get off this carousel. Now, Seahawks, Panthers, Steelers, who aren't going to trade for him, maybe the Dolphins. You know, I yeah. There's not a gigantic market, and all of those teams are probably colluding behind the scenes to be like, "Hey, don't offer them anything, and we'll all be we'll all get him for nothing." Now, if there's collusion going on, you got to throw the Washington Commanders into the mix. That's true. Probably being That's involved. That's true. That's true. If there's any collusion going on, although I don't see them working well with the rest of the league necessarily I mean, on something else, right? Now. They might want him too. Maybe they because they're semi in the same spot as the Seahawks. Where I would agree. Are you sold on Carson Wentz is going to be your savior this year? No, it probably doesn't hurt to have two of them. Maybe they're in a mix. Would I don't there know. Be, oh, my God. You know how wonderful it would be to have Baker Mayfield go to Washington with Carson Wentz and have that have That, that mess. sideshow? No, have that mess be hard knocks. Oh. That well, would no, be outstanding. The Detroit Lions are hard knocks. I know, but I'm just saying. It would be. Hey, could HBO pivot? Hey, you know what? Actually, yeah. uh, well, Lions, we'll do you mid-season. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Let's do you mid-season. Let's and we'll go ahead do, and do preseason right. with the Washington Commanders. Tonight's yeah. episode, Dan Campbell cries at the thought of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> He's such a good guy. He's crying because he's got ninety-eight. Well, and he's got ninety ounces of caffeine coursing through yeah. his veins. Not sure exactly how Baker came across. I, I think Baker came across as what Baker is—a guy who's kind of searching for a way to number one. I clearly establish what his identity is and then try to sell it to people. I don't think Baker Mayfield knows who Baker Mayfield is exactly, and I think he's yeah, trying to figure it out. I think that's and fair. I think once he gets that figured out, he wants to sell it to people, and he's trying to sell it before he's really got it figured out. And that's it's it's sad, but he's no longer our problem, as they like to say uh, in, in a lot of circles. And, and there, I think the restaurant business, the quote, is not my table any longer. It'll soon not be yeah. the Browns' table or the Browns' fans' table any longer, and we can move on from that. Let's what? take another Don Jiggy's Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we're going to chat about... We talked about the Cavs earlier, but it's play-in season. The playoffs will be established by the end of, of the weekend, and uh, we'll, we'll get to the play-in discussion. What we talked about briefly yesterday, we want to talk about more today. The NBA play-in, you like it? You don't like it? Is it good? Is it bad? Help us solve that after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. Cooking the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Back inside the Basement Doctor Studio, John Cook, Garrett Seawright, and Danny Holbrook alongside today with you here on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. And for you NBA fans out there, the playoffs are just about set. The play-in scenarios have, have just about played out. And Friday night, the Atlanta Hawks will travel to Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers to determine who the eight seed is in the Eastern Conference. And the New Orleans Pelicans will be at the L.A. Clippers at 10 p.m. on Friday. Uh, the first on ESPN, the second one on TNT to determine the eight seed in the Western Conference before the playoffs start for real on Saturday. So the question that we're asking is, NBA play-in scenario, now in year two, I believe, 
of the playing scenario. Is it good or is it bad? <clears throat> Again, for those of you that aren't familiar, it has been forever, as long as I can remember, until last year, that the top eight seeds in the Eastern Conference made the playoffs. Top eight teams in the Western Conference made the playoffs, played their way through to the NBA Finals. But last year, I think largely in an effort to bring a little more meaning to the regular season from the standpoint of eliminating tanking and open up the more the possibility of playoff appearance to more teams, the play-in tournament was established in each conference. So the seven seed plays the eight seed. The nine seed plays the ten seed. The winner of the seven, eight seed becomes the seven seed in the postseason. The loser of the seven and eight game gets to play the winner of the nine and ten game. Obviously, the loser of the nine, ten game is out of the scenario entirely. So if you manage to earn the seventh or the eighth slot in your conference, you get two chances to win a game to make the postseason. If you are the ninth or the tenth place team in your conference, you got to win twice to make the postseason. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Discuss. <laughs> Coffee talk. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I'll, I'll be the first to well, I'll be the first to say I think the NBA regular season is way too long. I, I, I'm, I do. I, I really do. But with that being said, um, it does generate some excitement. You know, I had the Cavs on the other night watching, and I'm not a big NBA guy, but I watched them, and I'll watch tomorrow night, uh, mainly because I can't watch the Reds because of <laughs> Dish Network and Fox Sports Ohio. I can't Sports watch Ohio the Reds because I, I don't like to vomit. <laughs> I, sometimes I like to, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm not gonna elaborate and give you 800 reasons why it's a good thing. But yeah, for for the for the uh, the common fan who, who who enjoys basketball and, and who wants a little more, it's it, there's excitement. It's it's a win or go home, you know. I, I don't I don't know why it is that people have a need to have such vitriolic feelings about any topic like this. But a guy I know is a basketball guy, a friend of mine who I've not talked to in quite a while, but I respect his at least passion for the game, ranted on Twitter the other night about what an idiotic thing the play-in is because it just completely takes 82 games of the regular season, and that doesn't give us enough to tell us who's good enough to make the postseason. This is ridiculous, and I could not disagree with that more. I, I, I was that stance when they first announced, hey, this is what we're going to do. Because I'm in agreement with Danny that the season's too long. You're playing 82 games, and then you throw all of that aside to say, hey, these two arbitrary games could decide who's a playoff team and who's not. Well, that's a stupid idea until it comes to fruition where, you know, where the San Antonio Spurs may be out of, like, uh, uh, punching above their weight last night. Maybe you could make that argument. But the other games have been pretty decent. The, the Hawks, Hornets wasn't great. But the the two games on Tuesday night were, were pretty darn good. Were pretty good. They were good games, yeah. And has it accomplished its goal of avoiding tanking? I don't. I don't know. Is anybody you know really fighting to make the play in with the idea? Either you're a playoff team, and the Nets and Hawks expected to be in the top eight this year. I think that's fair to say, and they weren't due to various reasons. But the teams that didn't make the play-in aren't going, damn, we were almost there. They're, they're still tanking. They're still <laughs> yeah. trotting out bad lineups. You know, but it is, it is exciting. It builds interest. And overall, I think it's a, it's a pretty good it, – it, it, it's more weighted towards those seven and eight seeds than I thought it was going to be originally. That, hey, you've got two chances to win a game, and if you can't accomplish that, 
you probably weren't going to fare that well in the seven-game first round anyway. So I've changed my tune on it a bit. I, I, I do think it somewhat devalues the regular season, but I think the NBA kind of as a whole devalues the regular season with load management and all of this, that stuff that comes with it as well. Yeah, and, and I don't think that there's anything the NBA is going to do that's ever going to completely eliminate tanking, except I would say this is a complete and utter tangent, but it's related to the topic, so I'll go there. I, I think if the NBA used the play-in scenario that they do to, to at least encourage more teams to chase that 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th spot to get a chance to get there, I think that does help. I think the next thing you could do is say, okay, for, for example, like we said about the Cavs, they can win tomorrow and be in the eight spot, make the playoffs great. Lose tomorrow and they're in the lottery. <clears throat> right. So here's what I think would, would help eliminate tanking is if the Cavs lose tomorrow, they're guaranteed a top five pick, top seven pick. You, you, you create a, you create a right. draft system that's not says, hey, the bottom teams have the best chance. It's the, right. it's the closest teams to the playoffs. The ones that just missed, or you've got an equal, they have you've the got best an equal chance. Yeah. I, give them a better chance. Give the teams that are at the bottom, get them behind the teams that were closer to making the playoffs, and I think then you'd see the possibility of eliminating that. I just like the play-in because anything that gives two to three to four more teams something to chase at the end that has legitimate value, because there is legitimate value to making the postseason. No one would say there isn't. I, I don't see how it's bad for it. And the way they set it up, I'm with you, Garrett. I, I like the fact that it means it doesn't devalue the regular season because it does say to 7 and 8, who would have automatically been in the playoffs before, you might not automatically be in, but you've got a significantly decided advantage to getting in. And I think there's there's value in that. Plus, I'm with you. I just think it creates interesting basketball down the stretch. And it is a nice little buildup after a long... Like you're not going to see the regular season get shorter. I'd love to right. say that. But it's not going to happen. It's a pipe so, dream to say, well, yeah. they should cut it to 70 games. They should cut it to 65. It's no. not going to happen. No, so, the money's, they're not going to go away from right. money. So it's, if yeah. it doesn't happen, then let's go for the next best thing. The next best thing is if we're all tired of the regular season you know, by the, the end of March then these things build some more momentum for the league and for fans heading into the postseason, which, by the way, is also very, but very long. Are we, are, we, are we more tired of the regular season or are we more tired of what the regular season becomes? You know, guys not playing. You well, know. and that, that's the whole I, – I, I, that goes back to why I was so mad at Jay Will this morning when he was ranting about Clayton Kershaw things. Like, I don't hear you ranting about load management. Yeah. I don't hear it. That's, all, that's essentially what they're doing with these guys right now in baseball is load management. Any NBA guy that's load managing could go get 60 one night, and that'd be historic for the fans and historic for the franchise. But anyway, yeah. you're right because of what it's become, that, that, that load management thing. And Adam Silver said it. That's the biggest problem that the game has right now anyway. I don't know what the answer to it is. I like what they've done with the postseason setup just because I think they're starting to solve at least some of the problems that the league has. They're finding it yeah. creative, event, inventful, and I think – Really entertaining way to try and manage a problem, and I would prefer that than just go. No, I don't. I don't see an issue. There's no problem here. <laughs> now are they kind of like the Spurs were um, eight games away from being a playoff team? They're bad, like in a regular in a regular season. Um, the the team the Knicks finished below the Hornets for the tenth spot. They were six games behind the Hornets. <clears throat> were they really fighting for that tenth spot to be in the play in? No, probably not. But did being the, the Hornets and Hawks continue to play really hard because they were going to get the opportunity to play 
in the play-in rather than just flat-out start tanking? Probably, maybe. And if that solves that problem, I think I think that's a pretty good idea. But at the same time, at some point, do we get to where so so far the lower-seeded teams are 0-4 right now? Hey, remember, the, the, the entire country went crazy last year when UCLA was in a play-in game well, and went to the Final Four. It worked but, out really well for them. So, so the teams that are lower seeded right now are zero and four. If they finish zero and six, and they go zero and six next year, and zero and six the year after that, at some point, do you go, hey, you know what? It's kind of a waste of time. It, it certainly seems as if eight is the right number, and there you go. Like, do you cut off the play-in tournament if the results are expected year after year after year that you're getting the same? The, the nine and tens aren't advancing to the playoffs. I, I think that that argument will be made. And I, and I think it's a very real possibility that we're going to see that happen. But I would say that if you look at the Eastern Conference right now and you look at seeds one through six, the balance in one through six in the Eastern Conference alone, I'm not going to talk about the West right now, but the, the closeness of the race from number one to number six in the East, if, if, if my belief is I mean, if, it's, if that's going to exist, then eventually you're going to see a little more closeness between 6, 7, and 8, or 7, 8, and 9, where it's not going to be this, this marked division. And if it is, if it, if it gets to be where it just looks like, hey, the, the 9 seed and the 10 seed you know, aren't competitive at all with the 7 and the 8, I guess we'll have to have a larger sample size. But it's, it's very, to me, would be dismissive to say, well, the lower-seeded team's lost. They're, they're 0-4. I watched the Cavs. You can't undo the first quarter of that game. But the Cavs but, had an opportunity to win that basketball game with four minutes left. Yeah. With four minutes left, they had a chance they to win. Went, they won the they, second, third, and fourth quarter. Yeah, they were down six with the ball at the four-minute mark and lipped out a three yeah. that would have made it a three-point game. So if every game is like that and the lower seed team loses, the lower seed team loses. we got a caller on line one. Let's go to Evan from Lima. Evan, what's up, buddy? I don't know. Evan, Evan dropped. Evan right, hung Evan. up on us? I got a little long-winded, and my the, the bubbles were on my screen here, Garrett. I didn't I didn't oh, gotcha. reach over and touch my mouse, so I didn't know call we had back. a caller. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, sorry about that, Evan. But yeah, if he calls back now, we're gonna have to get to a Don Jenkins do a timeout. <laughs> we're getting right up against it. We're gonna have to get back so we can come back and do poll results. And I love water cooler conversation. Y'all know that. I don't. I, I don't know. How, what's What do you think? What's the sample size? Are we gonna say we're gonna do this for four years? We're gonna do it for six? Now, I, I think it's in the same boat. If we're not gonna shorten the regular season, they're not gonna shorten because they're making. They're making money off a of playing tournament. They're they're getting extra money from ESPN and TNT. They're going to sell the playing tournament brought to you by Tissot Watches. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> so so they're going to make more money. I wouldn't be surprised if it expanded at some point. Where you know, instead of eight eight nine or seven eight nine ten, it's um, eight nine ten eleven or nine ten eleven twelve to yeah. I, I don't think it's going away, but so far, I, I think I've changed my tune, and I think the results show that it's been a somewhat worthwhile effort to to, to do it. I mean, if you're if you're a purist, you're always going to be a, a a critic of change. If you're not a basketball fan, you're probably not going to grasp what the difference is anyway. And if you are a basketball junkie like me, you're going to see value in the fact that we've got more competitive basketball with something riding on it, and it adds to the to the at least interest level in and drama that can exist at the end of a regular season. And I think it builds great momentum into the what they call the playoffs now. Separates the making the postseason from qualifying for the playoffs, and to me, that's a, a huge positive and. It's not. I'm going to watch it either way, so I'm, I'm probably not the right guy to speak on it. I'm a captive audience. Whatever they do with their product, I'm going to watch. 
but I'm like you, Garrett. I, I wasn't sure what to make of it, and when I've watched it now for two years in a row, I think it's it's a really good thing for the league, and I just look to see how it either grows or... or I, don't, I don't know that expansion is good, but I, I'd like to see it be a little more competitive. Yeah. You'd watch Slovenia and Argentina for a sixth-place finish in the World Championships. Though. i tell you what, you can occasionally cruise through your cable package and find Eurobasket. Uh, there is some really good ball. If you could mute it and not listen to the language, you can't understand for the play-by-play. And, and, and <laughs> there is some good ball, and you see some American college guys that you recognize once in a while. we got to do another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, it'll be our final segment. Poll results on water cooler conversation after this. On Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. Back here inside the basement, Dr. Studio. A final time here on this de facto Friday. Wait, 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 wait. We should get that we should get that trademarked. De facto Fridays here on Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. And it is the last segment of the show. Time to get to our Vonsjewelry.com Twitter poll results. Yes, sir. Brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at Vonsjewelry.com. We asked one week into the season, how would you grade the Guardians? 51% say they'd give them a B. We also asked the same question about the Reds, and 48% said they'd give him a D or an F. Then we asked, did Baker Mayfield help or hurt his reputation by his recent podcast p- comments? 66% say he hurt his reputation. And a final poll question, will you watch the OSU spring game this weekend? 51% say no, they will not. That stayed higher than I thought it would, although it came down a little. I think we made some some inroads with our conversation. So it's that time in the program where we like to talk about what we call water cooler conversation. In other words, what's something maybe we didn't get to today or something that you might not know or a little bit off of the radar, so to speak, for sports fans. Uh, Garrett, what do you got? Water cooler conversation today? I just want to have the conversation that we had off the air earlier. If you're going on a road trip, uh, is there certain snacks you got to have? Yep. Because I'm a yeah. Not necessarily, a, I'm a very, Freddy. I'm a mood snacker. So when I stop, it's what am I in the mood for? Nope, it's got to be combos and, <laughs> and sour patch kids and a cold drink with a lot of ice. Gotta that, have a lot of ice. A lot of ice. A lot of ice. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going like bottle. My wife is. Can I get a fountain Mountain Dew? No. <laughs> they got they got three gallon bottles of it there. Yeah, I don't like it out of a bottle. You're, fountain, mountain you're Vladimir dough. Putin of road trips. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. we're cutting that off. Now, no. here's the problem with combos. I, so Everything? I, no. <laughs> so I put, Everything? I put them in my mouth, and I try to suck the cheese out of them. Oh, my wife but just texted me. Combos, two exclamation points. No. <laughs> but when you suck the cheese out of them, the pretzel goes towards That's the throat. That's not cheese. And if it gets sucked in there, it's, it is cheese. It is, is a pretzel stuffed with sawdust, flavored sawdust inside that pretzel. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's horrendous. This is nutrition talk. <laughs> it's a water cooler conversation. What do you got? I, here's what I got. And, uh, you know, I'm a junkie. Uh, I'm excited about the spring game tomorrow. Or, oh, it is tomorrow because it's de facto Friday. It's de facto. It's, it's, I'm excited about the freshmen getting to see some new faces. I'm excited about is the defense going to be better. I'm excited what Jim Knowles is going to say. I'm excited. I, I, I absolutely love Ohio State athletics. I in, am terrified of the spring game. The, the spring game bothers me because either the offensive line looks like Mahler's and then you're sitting there with this existential dread of, yeah. oh, God, the defense is terrible. Yeah. Or the defense is all world and you're like, oh, Grace, the offensive line sucks. Well, here's the big thing, too, fellas. You know that it is full go tackle tomorrow, Saturday. That's what I'm scared it of. I'm terrified go- because Ryan they are Day. going to yeah. play football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm they're terrified. Gonna, they're going to do the things that they trained to do and it's. Maddening. <laughs> Someone could get hurt. No, it, well, in my lifetime, in my lifetime watching the spring game, I can't remember 
a specific incident of coming away from the spring game where we said, oh, God, we might have just lost our season because we lost two oh, guys. Oh, I do. I do. Chris Carter, his junior year when he was okay. hurt. And I, I almost cried. I was, a, I was a kid. I cried. Well, I got to be yeah. honest with you. I'm, I'm as been, been well documented on this show today, I'm 50 years old as of this moment. <laughs> the twang. And do if, the twang song. And, 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 if CJ Stra- <laughs> and if CJ Stroud gets a separated shoulder, I'm crying. Yeah. Well, we got Quinn Ewers. Oh, no, we don't. Oh, no. Oh, wait, no, no. <laughs> It looks like he's playing well at Texas. It does. You guys are both moderate basketball fans, right? <laughs> he's saying we're average. <laughs> are, are you moderate yeah, basketball yeah, fans? Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. So if I said Patrick Beverly, what would be one of the what would come to mind about Patrick Beverly? Defender. Okay. He cried on Tuesday night. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. He cried in order to play. Everybody play knows game. that he cried. He cried. But did you know? Go to your water cooler and tell people this. The man had a massive celebration after a play-in, play-in tournament on game the win. Ter- on the scores table. Cried because of the win. He got a $30,000 fine from the league. Seriously? For crying? For egregious <laughs> use of profanity. Patrick Beverly's trash talking to the L.A. Clippers cost him $30,000 after the Minnesota Timberwolves point guard was fined by the NBA for egregious use of profanity in post-game comments to the news media. I listened to that press conference. He was bleeping he said, happy. They asked him what he told him. He said, told him, take the ass home. <laughs> what? Is he that said, egregious? Long no. flight to L.A., take your ass home. It's deeper than that for me. I gave my blood, sweat, and tears to that organization. You guys know that story. Blood, sweat, and tears just to be written off like that. He's injury prone. He's old, this, that, this, that. To be able to come here and play them in a play-in and beat their ass, no other feeling, man. No other feeling. He got, sus- he got 30 thousand dollar fine for an egregious profanity using the, the word A-word. Garrett and I use routinely <laughs> on this program on nearly a weekly basis. I, mean, we can I don't get have $30,000 for a fine, fellas. <laughs> we can get $30,000 fine here in the last two minutes of the show. <laughs> I promise you. We can get a $30,000 FC. Uh, uh, Pat Bev got thirty k, man. That's nuts. I would say that's out of bounds. <laughs> it's, it's, that, I got it in. It I got is, it in. It is bonkers, though. Like, it, it, uh, w- <laughs> What? <laughs> a the thirty thousand dollar fine for saying what anybody else would have said. Hey, he got fifty five thousand in fines this week. He got fined twenty five thousand on Tuesday after improper conduct toward a game official. I got to know what he did. I, I didn't see that. Got tossed with nineteen and a half seconds oh, remaining I did, in the I game. I did see that, and he was uh, he was staring down the official and came back. He's <laughs> like, "You're trash. You're trash." Like. Point finger pointing yeah, yeah. in the dude's face. Who did P-Bab a fight a couple years ago? Like like a melee, like th- on the floor. Didn't he fight somebody? He almost had one with Russell Westbrook. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like. I mean, I'm not a Pat- Patrick Beverly fan. Don't get me wrong, but thirty thousand dollar fine by the league for that. On top of twenty five from earlier in the week. I think if the one happens, or one in the earlier in the week doesn't happen, we probably don't hear the second one. But I didn't know "take your ass home" could be considered egregious profanity. Right. the The team's probably going to sell shirts with that on it. The Timberwolves yeah. are going to start hawking shirts and say, "Take your <laughs> ass home." <laughs> Live and learn. Live and learn. Been a good week. We are off for Good Friday tomorrow. Hope you have a fantastic Easter weekend. Thanks so much to my co-host today for reminding me that I've fifty now going to be hounded by. AARP. They were sending me monthly emails before today. They'll be weekly now. After well, this, I, I got so. you that gift card. You can use your Golden Buckeye card and stretch that out a little farther. Then all about yeah. it. All about it for sure. <laughs> Golden Buckeye card coming my way. We got to get out of here. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday and uh, we'll talk a little more sports. Cooking the monster. John Garrett, Danny Holbrook with us today. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Ninety-three one the fan.